You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. The Guidicles podcast gives you the tools, direction, and resources you need to pursue your passion project. I'm Deborah Eckerling, Project Catalyst, and this is the Guidicles podcast. Our guest today is Harry Duran, and we're going to talk about interviewing guests for your podcast. And I'm feeling very, very meta today. We'll also talk about maintaining ongoing engagement with guests well after their episode is live. Harry is the host of Podcast Junkies and the founder of Fullcast, a full-service podcast concierge service. Welcome, Harry. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Deborah. Would you like to share a little bit more about your background and how you became you? <laughs> how much time do you have? Um, you could do it in a minute, right? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, the short version. So um, I think as it relates to the podcast, I, I always had an interest in podcasts as it related to music because I grew up as a fan of electronic music and I DJ myself. So uh, I even built a mobile app for uh, electronic music fans and that's sort of the reason why I went to New Media Expo in January of 2014. And then um, I was just captivated by all the podcasters that were there because I was thinking of starting a podcast, and uh, the thoughts—I just the thought came to me: why not um, start a show where I interview other podcasters? It's kind of meta, but uh, you know, I, I'm naturally curious, and I think um, the platform provides a unique way for you to just get a peek behind the curtains of some of the people you admire and see what works, what what doesn't, uh, what inspires them. And for some of the people that I've, been, that I've had the privilege of, of, of having on my show, um, what it takes to keep going at this, you know, for some of these people, it's almost 10 years. And so um, I've, I've been doing that and I've up to 70 episodes now and I've had just a fantastic range of guests, you know, old schoolers like uh, Dave Jackson and Daniel Day-Lewis and Ray Ortega and, and Elsie Escobar. Um, and then uh, people that are new into podcasting but have, are important names in the, the storytelling space, for example. I just had uh, Leah Tao from the podcast Strangers On and Bill Burrell from uh, Home Stories from L.A. So I'm, I'm trying to broaden the range and not just keep it entrepreneurial as, as I did when I started. And I'm, you know, anyone who's, who's got a podcast that I've had uh, the opportunity to engage with is usually fair game. Um, I usually try to have some sort of relationship with them beforehand because it makes the conversation that much more engaging. And, and the, the episodes go for at least an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. Do you find your guests to interview just because they're people you know? Or do you have a plan? What, it, what is your process for finding and, and reaching out to the people that you interview? So the in the beginning, like every new podcaster, you're reaching out to everyone <laughs> that's willing to come on the show. And because I was at New Media Expo, I got to see a lot of podcasters. And one of the, the breakout sessions that I saw was uh, Chase Reeves, who's the host of The Fizzle Show. Um, really fantastic show for entrepreneurs. 
And he's just got an en- engaging, fun personality. And I sort of targeted him early on. Um, I interacted with him at his talk, and he kept in touch on online. And so I asked him to be one of my first guests, and he, he gladly ob- obliged. And then I was just looking for people online that I could engage with and start a conversation with. And and as a result, I had people like uh, Greg Hickman and Cynthia Sanchez from Oso Pinteresting on early um, and so those were some of those key episodes that I launched with. I like to have some sort of connection with I, with the guest, you know, as as the show matures. I think um, that provides a unique dynamic for the listener because you really get to listen as if you're, you know, you're eavesdropping on a couple of friends having a conversation. And that's really like the 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 mood that I'm going for. And and one of the things I, I call the show is, is the podcaster's voice. You know, it's, it's, it's conversations, candid conversations with, uh, interesting podcasters. And so in order for me to, to make that claim, I have to do a little bit of homework on my end, make sure they are interesting and it's not going to be a bunch of dead air when we get on the phone and I ask a question and they just give a, a one word response. What are some of the things that you recommend for someone who's not as, well schooled as interviewing who is perhaps just starting out what do you recommend um they do so if you're going to be focused on interviews we know one of the and it's part of what i alluded to is to have uh first of all have someone on there who you have an interest in speaking to don't just have someone on there because you think they're a big name and they're going to help your show or you think oh i I need to if if you're you know if you're doing podcasts and productivity and this is the number one productivity girl then automatically you're going to target that that person it may not be a fit for you, and, and I think it won't be a fit for your audience. You need to, over time, figure out who your audience is and who you're catering to. And, and obviously, when you're first starting, you, you won't have a lot of that information handy. So you just have to try to engage with every single person on Twitter and every single person on Facebook and every single email because they're all important. And then as you start to have guests, your guests become just as important too. And you know, Follow what they're doing, engage with them. Um, you know, treat them like royalty, not only in the in the time leading up to the interview and during the interview, but I think even more importantly after, because it shows that you, you you're taking an interest in what they're doing and you weren't just using them for any clout that they might have might have provided. And then when it comes to the actual interview, uh, listen, you know, it, it sounds really basic and it and it and it you know I think it gets overlooked sometimes, but. You need to really pay attention to what your guest is saying and not staring at your list of 10 questions and worry that you're not going to get through or worry that your guest is going long on the last question because you want to squeeze in you know, the five that someone said you needed to, to ask or you need to get to that hot, you know, that, 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 that lightning round or the asking them their favorite Sunday or you know, just like these questions that you've, you force into the format um, because that's you've been rigid about what your show is and, and what you think your, your show needs to have. And if that's what you want to do, then you're going to have one type of show. You're going to have a, a formulaic show and you're going to have to work hard to inject your personality into there because uh, it's going to be the same questions every time. So you're going to have, have to different, you, differentiate yourself through your personality, um, you know, through, through your energy. Um, I know sometimes, and I've done it in the past. Uh, some podcasters will actually stand. You know, I'm, I'm I'm on a boom mic right now, so I could easily stand and 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 lift the mic up and and have the interview while I'm standing. And it changes the dynamic really of uh, the energy because um, your diaphragm's open. So that's that's one tip um, listeners can try if if they're having an interview. Or sometimes right before 
um, an interview, you want to get ready. You want to have your water. You want to have your chapstick. You know, whatever it is you need to do, so you're not, you know, licking your lips or or, or whatever it is you do when you're thirsty and, and it's coming across. And you're gonna have to edit that out later, or you're nervous and your mouth is dry. So just think of all those things you need to do. Have your checklist ready. You know, treat it as if you're a a, a pilot getting ready to fly a plane. You know, um, there's a book called Checklist Manifesto that just talks about all the different things they need to do. What are what are ways for people, I don't want to say to develop their personality, but maybe even amplify their personality so it shows through even a little bit better? I think you have to think about uh, what it is you're going to amplify, right? Because if you are naturally an introvert, there's not going to be much there to start with. Um, but I, what I think you can do is... It, it may sound really basic, but uh, you know something that comes to mind is to live an interesting life and have a lot of interest, a lot of things that interest you. Because if you think about a conversation, is really you know two people talking about a topic that's of interest to both of them, and that goes um, whether it, it's in a bar or in in a, in a in a in a meeting at a conference or in a hallway or on a podcast. Or on a train or on a bus or, you know, or at Thanksgiving, just whatever it is, um, the best conversations are when the two people are connected and they're engaged. And so the way to do that is find something, uh, if you're leading the conversation, then find a topic of a conversation that you can talk about and that, you know, you have something, you have an opinion about. Because I think you, you don't want to be someone who's just rattling off uh, you know, factoids because you you have the news app open on your phone and you think, well, this is what people are talking about. But as you dive deeper, or is, you know, is, is that something that interests you? And they're like, no, I just heard people talking about it, and, and it's almost one of the reasons why I actually look at less news now because I don't want to feel like my only topic of conversation is the news of the day. Um, because a lot of the times it's just really depressing stuff anyway, and it's not something I want to talk about. So I I tend to pick topics, and, and in my case, you know, podcasting, or you know, ask me about electronic music, or ask me about meditation, or ask me about consciousness, or ask me about uh, you know traveling, or you know going to, going to different countries. You know, those are things that light me up, and those are the things that you know I'm excited to talk about. So I think trying to find that common ground is really really important because. You can't forget the third person in the room who's the listener, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to hear an engaging and interesting conversation. You should have a discerning ear. You should have a discerning ear as an interviewer, as an interviewee, and as a listener. The key is basically to have conversations that interest you, that appeal to your audience. Yes. Because they're going to want to listen in. And I love how you... How you put in the listener as the third person in the conversation because that's just it's very, very simple and accurate way to look at it, and and perhaps that's something people don't always think about. You're not you're not performing. You're you're having a conversation and someone is eavesdropping because you want them to. I do want to touch on this because it was mentioned in the intro about maintaining the ongoing engagements after your episodes what are a couple of the things that you do to to do that so as i touched upon earlier it's really important um when i think about the fact that a guest came on my show and they took time 
Um, and, and a lot of times early on with an unknown commodity and an unknown person. And so there's a couple of things that I do. Uh, some simple things, uh, for example, in Gmail, I create, a, a, you can use filters, right? So if some, something comes in from this address, do this. So one of the basic things that I do is I create a, um, a filter and a rule for all the emails that I have for my previous guests. And I put them in a separate folder that stands out on its own within Gmail. And, and you can change the, the filters to, to say, move it out of your inbox, don't mark it as red and keep it there so it stays highlighted and stays bold. And so I have a whole section called PJ-Guests, which is anyone who's been a guest on Podcast Junkies. If there's any sort of email interaction or they're sending me an email about something or they have something they're promoting, I see that right away. And so, okay, let me check what my guests are up to. So that's one interesting way that I have to keep tabs of what they're doing. And then to mirror that on Twitter, I create a list of all my guests' um, Twitter handles. And so... I can go into uh, you know pre podcast powerful podcast junkies. Uh, the other thing I do is for some reason I give these Twitter lists unique names and, and funny names. I think when I first started, anyone that had a podcast, I was putting them into palatable podcast pioneers or something like that. So every once in a while, I'd see people say, "Thanks for adding me to this group." And by the way, what a cool name! And so you know you got to think outside the box when you're when you're fresh and when you're new because just to get people's attention. So so one of the groups that I create is an is a Twitter email list of all only people that have been on my show. And so you know once or twice a week I go through the list and I say, "Okay, what are they up to?" Cuz sometimes I the the feed is so fast, you'll lose people. And, and so even people that you follow and I've got like thousands of followers and, and thousands of people that I follow, it's really hard to just follow the stream. So you have to create the lists, the curated list, if you really want to keep track of them. And so inevitably, there's something that someone made a comment on that I have an opinion on or I, w- I want to put in my two cents. And I think it's a nice way to show that I'm still maintaining engagement. And so the other thing I do is obviously I create artwork for every single episode and I use the, the guest's bio and, and I, to make them put them in a good light and highlight them. And so recently there was a, a format that I was using for social media and that I, I felt had gotten a little bit dated. And so not only was I using a new format for my new guests, but I thought, you know what, I want to make my old guests still look good. You know, So mm-hmm. I, I recycle my old guests' episodes through Twitter um, and I use a tool called Edgar to do that. So what I did is I, I think I was at episode 30 or 40 and I said I started going back to episode one, you know, starting with Chase Reeves, and I redid his artwork. Even though his episode came out in like, you know, April 2014, like, and I only circulated every once in a while through Twitter, I said, you know what, I wanted to show up, you know, professional, modern, and current, and in line with what I'm doing for the rest of my guests. And so I did that. Um, and then you stay engaged with what your guests are doing, and it's not only guests that are coming up, or guests that um, have been on your show, if they've got anything they want to promote, you know, make sure you reach out to them and, and see how you can help them and connect them um, with with other guests. And I and I know it's it's pretty basic. At the end of the interview, you know, you ask them if there's anything that they've got coming up that you can help promote. And a lot of times, as a podcast host, you're more concerned with them promoting you, but you should be just as concerned with ways you, you can promote them. And so, for example, I've got uh, uh, Johnny Naster. I haven't really announced it yet, but Johnny Naster from Hack the Entrepreneur. Um, he's got a really popular podcast, and he's going to be on my show in a couple of weeks. And he recently had a book launch. And so through a Facebook group that we share, I saw that he was, he was launching it, and he used Thunderclap 
um, a promotional service to launch it. So I, you know, I really quickly signed up as, as you know, to to help promote that book. So always be on the lookout for little things you can do that show your guests that um, it's important for them to engage. And so when uh, for, it's important for you to engage with them and that you value the relationship. So I was recently at Podcast Movement, well, not recently now because it's already 2016, but I was at Podcast Movement in, in Texas um, in July last year and I had t-shirts made, custom t-shirts, Podcast Junkies, which is a bright orange and that you really can't miss when, you're walk- ro- when you were roaming the hallways. And I made enough that I would have one for every single guest that was at Podcast Movement. So I reached out to them ahead of time and said, hey guys, are you going to be Podcast Movement? I've got a gift for you. And the other thing I want to do is take a group picture. So it's a bit, it was a bit like herding cats, as you might imagine. But, <laughs> but I was able to get a nice shot. So if you look at my Twitter, um, my Twitter page, uh, the header is uh, that group shot that I, that I managed to take with at least uh, about 10 or 15 of my guests. And I'm going to do it again at uh, Podcast Movement this year. And I think I'm planning to head to PodFest in, in Tampa, Florida as well. And, and I'll do it again. And, and I think um, it's just little things I do to, to just keep engaged, keep the relationship going. And for me, it's like a lifetime relationship. It's not something that I, I, they help me out with or I use them for for this short period of time and then I just um, I forget about them. So it's just little ideas and you know, hopefully it will prompt some other ideas from the, in the listener's mind about things you can do to just maintain that engagement over an extended period of time. It's not podcast specific. So whatever sort of format that you're engaging with either interviewees or influencers or whatever, it's very, you're developing a friendship and you're treating people the way you would want to be treated. What is it that you do to maintain balance in your life? I think the most important thing I do is uh, have a regular meditation schedule. So it's been something that's important for me for years. Um, My most recent episode was with a uh, an old friend of mine Morgan Dixon who's been, who we were on a meditation retreat together and so that if you want to hear us go in depth about the importance of meditation and mindfulness uh, that most recent episode covers it really well but for me I found that it, it sort of grounds you in a way that prepares you for what's to come that day um, and sometimes you don't know what's to come um, and so you want to be mentally uh, set for the ups and downs and and it's something that you need to do on a regular basis and we all have our businesses we all have our passion projects we all have our hobbies um but just try to be a well-rounded person and and try to have a practice that's outside of this business realm you know um i try to make it a point to go and walk my dog you know i'm working from home i i have i do have my home office but um you you have to tear your eyes away from that screen. I mean, the, just even f- to rest your eyes is something that's truly important um, and, and go stare at like something green, you know, and or go walk around the block. And, and a lot of times you'll be surprised at what comes, what pops into your head as a result of doing that walk. You need just, you just sometimes need to change the scene. And I like to leave my listeners or viewers, depending on how you're getting this content, with some goals. And that's, that's our personal goal of the week is to start to initiate some sort of daily practice where even if it's for a little, even if it's for five minutes where you are stepping away and regrounding yourself and reprioritizing. And I think what's a good professional goal? Write your goals down on paper. Write what you want to accomplish today. Don't have more than, you know, 
three things you want to accomplish in one day. It's not going to happen. You know, what are the three most important things you want to get done today? Write those down and do those. Or even better, what's the one thing you could do that's going to move your business forward or generate income for you if, if you're in, in, you have a business where you, know, you, you need to make sales? You know, do that one thing first. And then everything else you can, that you have on your to-do list, those are your nice-to-haves. You know, then you can work on those. So anyone who's listening right now, when you're done listening to this podcast, we want you to do one thing that will move forward your project today and then do it again tomorrow and the day after that. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much, Harry Duran Podcast Junkies, for joining us today to offer insight not only about podcasting and interviewing, but on setting and moving forwards with your goals for your business. And listeners, you've got, you've got stuff to do. Not too much stuff, but some good focused, come up with some good focused goals that will move you forward. And then let us know how you're doing in the comments. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.